0: Hey, 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 welcome to the Really Charlie podcast, where I try to bring to you some educational and inspirational speakers, whether they're authors, you know, singers, dancers, entertainers, community activists, whatever it may be. We are really trying, really, like, really, like, really, 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 really trying to get the message out. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah, really. We're really trying to get this message out. So join me on the Really Charlie Podcast. Once, twice, three times, four times a week. It all depends. If you want your story out there, just reach out to me. And I'll put you on the Really Charlie podcast. God bless. Stay blessed. Take care. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Really Charlie podcast. Glad to be with you guys once again. Um, Today's guest will be. Shane Burgo, candidate for Council at Lodge for the city of New Bedford. I'm um, uh, very proud of this young man, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. One second here while I get rid of all this echoing. So, bear with me. All right, so... Like I said, Shane Burgo is going to be coming to the screen momentarily, and he's going to tell us why he's a good candidate to be city councilor at large for the city of New Bedford. Um, so without further ado, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, Shane Burgo? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Charlie. How are you?
0: All right, hopefully um, you're hearing me fine.
1: Yeah, can you hear me all right? I I had some issues on my laptop, and I had to switch over to my phone, so I'm hoping you can see me and hear me all right.
0: Uh, Yes, very loud and clear. I hear something echoing around here, so trying to figure out where it's coming from. I see
1: see two of you on the screen.
0: Yeah, I have have... two different setups, and that's what I want, but I'm going to take one down. Okay. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. Um, As you see the background, that's the city council chambers. um, Hopefully, hopefully you're in there making your voice nice and uh, loud and and clear. And I I know you can do it. You just be you. And uh, things will happen. So. Um, let's see, look, we're already starting up with some comments already, you know, says, what's up, cuz, what's up, Shane Burgo, listen, everyone, if you please can allow yourself and your name to be seen on the screen, just allow StreamYard to do that. Um, other than that, what we have to do is look back, you know, after the podcast and see who commented. But um, first and foremost, share, share the screen, this live podcast. It's very, very important. Bigger bigger the audience, the bigger the message gets out to the people of New Bedford. So uh, let's see. Let's, let's, let's flash your name and title on the bottom here. And uh, I'm ready to go, brother. I'm ready to go. So, Shane, I know you as a civic minded young man, um, grown man, you know, and um, I know you're always involved in many, many things. Um, But why don't you give us a little bio of what you've done in the past and why you are a good candidate for Contra at Lodge?
1: Um, well, uh, first and foremost, so I want to thank you for this opportunity uh, to be on your podcast. Um, I, I can't tell you enough how great I think it is uh, for you to have so many people, uh, not only just politics, but so many people in our community that are doing great things. It's been great uh, listening in and watching everyone. Um, so thank you so much for this Um I guess what I will say—it started way, way, way back uh, in high school when I first ran for office. Um, anyone who went to high school with me will know—in um, my my superlative—in the yearbook was most likely to run for office. So um, every year I ran, you know, for home room representative, uh, for class president, um, and then finally um, student advisory council, where I served as the vice chairman and a student representative to the school committee. Um, so I did that my senior year. Um, and then after that, having graduated, um, I still went on. I had served on the board of the New Bedford Young Alumni Association um, and helped with the college and career readiness. Um, group there. And that was, you know, something that I was very proud of, because I think a lot of times at New Bedford High School, we're, we're always so focused on getting kids to college, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are very important trades that, uh, you know, people need to be learning and doing. And I think all the times we say, hey, well, they go to vote to learn their trades. But there's plenty of trades uh, being taught at New Bedford High School. Um, and there's a lot going on at New Bedford High School that a lot of people don't know about. Um, so it was great being on that, serving on the board there and you know, letting our students know that you don't always only have the option to go to college, there are other options for you. Um, and from there, let me see where else, <laughs> there's been so much, um, you know, what I will say from a very young age, uh, I'm very thankful to my godfather. Um, he brought me to all the local debates. Um, that's what really got me involved in politics around here and wanting to get involved politically and learning, uh, how important politics are. Um, and that's why I got involved more recently with the New Bedford Democratic City Committee, and with them, uh, what, um, one of their caucuses this past year, I was actually elected to be a state delegate here in Massachusetts for Senator Ed Markey, uh, which we just got reelected, which was uh, another proud moment for me. I was very excited to be part of his campaign. Um, and then from there, I had gone on to be elected as a national delegate Uh, to the Democratic National Committee for now President uh, Joe Biden uh, and obviously Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, So that was very exciting for me. Obviously, we didn't get to go in person. Uh, but it was still very important because there's a lot of things that, you know, as they say, how the sausage is made, that people don't realize about politics. You know, we we see Joe Biden, we see uh, Kamala Harris, we see those faces, but there's the party platform, there's all the positions that we talk about uh, in the background and people like myself here, and I was representing uh, Massachusetts 9th Congressional District. And hopefully the people here in New Bedford, when I was in those Zoom meetings, that was the running joke. You know, you usually say where where the, we're the uh, in the room where it happens, but in this case, it was the Zoom where it happens.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> um,
1: I, I did my best, as you said, to raise my voice and make sure I was heard. And that's what I've been hoping to do uh, this whole time. Uh, especially now, More recently in the summertime, we saw a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests, and we saw a lot of our youth uh, getting more involved in seeing how they can get involved politically. Um, And I was able to help register people to vote. Um, And that was very important to me, too. But I really realized, and I sat and I said, you know, we can register all the people we want to vote, which is very important. But if they're not showing up to vote, (laughs) what use is it? Um, So that's That's another... you know, big reason why I'm I'm running um, is to show our young people that it's not just, you know, you don't have to be this older person with all this experience and all these credentials and all this, you know, packed resume to run for office. Um, yeah. So it's it's very important, especially in local politics, for us to have this representation. Um, and I, I see that with a lot of the candidates that we have, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we have to wait to see an incumbent, you know, drop out uh and not run for people to feel like they should be able they can run now and they have a chance. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. that way. Um, but that's how it is right now. Um so that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm running is to show people you can do it. If I you know I can do it, if you can also do it.
0: hmm So true. It um just while you while you're on this path and you're you're uh going through the whole experience you know, capture all the pictures that you can, capture everything possible, um, whether it's digitally digitally or something, video, just do it. Only because these memories, um, especially with your first time running, it, um, you reflect mm-hmm. on it later on. Um, and some of those reflections are very priceless. And I've seen some people that I, you know, when I did run that, um, are in pictures with me uh, that are no longer here. Um, mm. and uh, But it's just great experiences. It, it's it's nice to know. It's nice to show, you know, people behind you because you're going to inspire someone. You're going to inspire some someone, many people. You're going to inspire people that are going to say, look, Shane did it. I want to do it just like him or better. I'm going to do it. And so you keep on doing what you're doing um, and, you know, collect, collect, collect all yeah. these memories. So, yeah, the, it's, um, been, it's
1: been great working, especially with my brother, uh, Jarrell, uh, has been my, uh, the chairman of my campaign. Uh, my friend, uh, Cassandra, my trusted friend, I should say, uh, is my treasurer. Yep. I have a huge, huge support system behind me. That's the best part about when I when I officially decided to run, um, you know, obviously, I have been involved in politics for a long, long time. Um, my Uncle Hector um, had has always been telling me, you need to run, you need to run. And I would mm-hmm. always tell him, you know, timing isn't everything, you know, right now is not the right time, whether I'm starting a new job or, you know, uh, helping out with my grandmother. Uh, so it was always, it always seemed like it wasn't the right time. Um, so that's why when I finally did decide to run, it was one of those things where I sat down with my friends, my family, and because I knew it, it's not something, you know, when people do decide to run, what I will say is it's definitely not something you can do alone. It, you're going yeah. to need a strong support system. You're going to need your community, um, and, and you need to to know that it's not going to be easy. So that's one thing I have learned. It's been <laughs> it, it, it has not been easy at all, but it sure has been fun. Definitely getting to meet with people um, and hearing people's stories and, and letting them know that they're being heard. And that's the biggest part of our campaign is letting people know that they have a seat at this table. If I win, it's not me who's winning this seat. It's the community that's winning the seat. Uh, a lot of times we keep hearing these articles where they're saying oh, Deborah Coelho's seat is you know being vacated. It was, it's not Deborah Coelho's seat. It's the city of New Bedford's seat. And that's what I'm exactly. hoping to bring is, it's the seat of New Bedford that I want to make sure that they know I'm sitting in the seat, but I'm sitting in the seat as a representative for everyone here in New Bedford.
0: Exactly. That's a very, very nice way to put it. I love it because um, those seats are for everyone. If you are a Mm -hmm. city resident, a city resident, that seat's there for you. It's not um, just because there's title on the desk, but those titles are very mobile. They can go Mm -hmm. from so-and-so's name to Shane Burgos' name, you know, and, um, so they're, they're, they're there for a reason. And I mean, every time I go in that chambers and I've been there a lot, I still, I'm still in awe. I still love the place. I still like it. I still, um, say, wow, this is, this is an iconic place. So many things get done here and then so many things don't get done there. So, Um, I just want, I, I, I just, I just love it, you know, and, um, I really, really will be happy if you get in there, because I already know what type of person you are and, um, it's going to be good. So we, we talk, you know, there's, there's a lot of issues that are still on the board, you know, um, it's, and it's from taxes to, you know the property taxes is constantly going up. You know the infrastructure being very slowly maintained. Um, let's see, fire department, EMS, still fighting. Um, school department, the Paris, um, yeah. the lunch aids. You know the, the Paris. This one thing I got. You know working within the school build the school district you know, for eight years, and I've always seen how valuable the paras are. And then when I finally learned last year what they actually make, I was like, it it was jaw-dropping. I couldn't believe it because I know that teachers and administrators call on those paras constantly, constantly. So, uh, you know, how can you kind of help out with some of those things? Do you have a brainstorm on how you're going to, Try to help out yeah, with so, those situations.
1: So I agree with you. They are uh, fundamental um, to the work, everything that goes on at that school, uh, in all of our schools. And I, it's very appalling to know that they're making lower than the minimum wage. And I, I don't think a lot of people understand that or know that that they're, um, because of how the Fair Labor Act is set up, that they're legally allowed to be paid below the minimum wage. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping we can promote their uh, story a little bit more because they're still in budget negotiations, just fighting um, for a minimum wage, not even a livable wage. That's a whole other conversation for another time um, yeah. that I think is so important to talk about is we're fighting for a minimum wage, not even a livable wage, just a minimum, because the work that they're doing i i tell you right now none of them do that job for the money not one yeah. person that becomes a paraprofessional and these are people that they're not paraprofessionals for a year or two they do it for their entire career they stay on because it's what they love and they it's they know it's an important job and they need to be paid accordingly they're doing out you know the the things that they do on the job are above and beyond okay, the stories that I've heard and what I've witnessed being a student in the schools. Um, so, you know, unfortunately it's, it's a situation where unions and negotiations with superintendent, I hope that they will, you know, work with them and, and give them what they deserve um, because it's a long overdue. You look at how much our superintendent's being paid and the raises uh, he's receiving, You know, it's only fair that the people that are are frontline workers working in the schools with our students doing, like I said, going above and beyond at the bare, bare minimum, make the minimum wage. That is the very least that they can expect, but they deserve so much more. Like I said, we could go on and on about talking about the difference between a minimum wage and a livable wage, Um, but yeah. I'm hoping to join them uh, out there as they protest. I haven't had a, a lot of time recently, but I'm in full support of their fight. Uh, for a minimum wage and, and getting a lot more in their bargaining agreement because it's outrageous when we're seeing the things that they're expected to do in the school systems. Um, you know, they have a certain dress code and certain clothes that they're supposed to wear, but they're not being paid enough to even afford certain clothes to wear. So it's like little things like that that people don't think about and they're here taking care of our the children that need it the most. And I think it's important yeah. that... Um, we as a community, I think we have so far, which I'm glad to see, are supporting them wholeheartedly. And I hope that the school, will, the school department will see that and fund mm-hmm. them appropriately.
0: So true. Um, and we got to support them. You know, they're, they're full-time hours. They're usually the earliest people there in the school, you know, getting some kind of posts before they end up working with maybe their student or on the assignment or whatever it may be. So um, definitely need to be paid a little bit, you know, a little bit more. Um, yeah,
1: it's both the paraprofessionals and the lunch aides that we, you know, both are grossly underpaid uh, yeah. for the service that they do for our, our students and our school system as a whole. Um, so I, I really hope to see a change come out of that. And I hope for them to, to see a win in that situation. And, and again, they're asking, for the bare minimum. And if we are Mm -hmm. still fighting them on the bare minimum, that's just unacceptable.
0: So true. The, um, uh, so as, as far as I know, there's, you know, the candidates haven't changed. It's still what was, uh, out there last, last month. It's still, you know, the same core of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and as things progress, as they get towards, uh, you know, the month of May, you know, things are going to get locked down pretty solid. So you're going to know who you're going to run against. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so how do do you reach people? How are you going to reach out and and reach out to the residents of the city? You know, you strategically do that through fundraising. Outside of fundraising, what are you going to try to do?
1: Uh, Well, so that's the thing. Obviously, during the COVID uh, crisis, we're still in this pandemic. We're still, it's still difficult. I, you know, I've been vaccinated and I encourage everyone um, to get vaccinated when they are eligible to. Um, We just announced, uh, I'm also a parish council member at our leave of the Assumption Parish, um, and we are just announced that we will have a mobile vaccination clinic uh, on April 20th. Um, so I will be posting about that. Um, and for our community here, um. Our leading assumption parish, we want to encourage everyone to get out there and get vaccinated. Um, the more people that are vaccinated and the more that we, you know, wear a mask, social distance, the sooner we can get back um, to being able to have in person interaction. So I know for myself, I'm vaccinated. I'm working on getting my grandmother vaccinated. She has her first shot already. Um, but right mm-hmm. now, we're, we're doing everything online for the campaign just to play it safe. Um, it's still very early, as you mentioned. Um, you know, we announced early because we want to get out there. We want to to, um, you know, get our name out there, essentially. Uh, But yeah, we can't even pull the nomination papers until May 18th, I believe is the date. So that's when we'll start seeing a lot more people who are actually going to officially run. And that's when we'll run. Um, And that's when I'm really hoping to start meeting more people. And hopefully by May, uh, more of our population will be fully vaccinated, and it will be safe to do some face to face because I'll need people to sign my nomination papers, I'll need at least 50. Mm Uh, residents here in New Bedford to get confirmed on the ballot. So I'm hoping to do, uh, you know, canvassing out face-to-face with voters. Uh, but right now, to play it safe, we're doing online. Uh, we're also going to be starting a letter writing campaign to be mailing out to residents uh, to give them a, you know, just a kind of a little bio about myself for those who may or may not know about me. Um, so, that's good to right now again, like I said, it's still kind of up in the air because of the pandemic, uh, but we're doing our best just to have an online presence and you know get to meet people one by one whenever I can out in the community and obviously, good. with everything that I'm involved in um i've been able the the other thing to the other side of the pandemic and covid is we In a way, it's been more accessible because of online, because we have Zoom and WebEx and all these other ways to chat with people. Um, You know, all the different community programs that I've been a part of, whether it's the NAACP, uh, you know, United Interfaith Action, uh, what have you. A lot of our meetings, we've seen the attendance grow because people actually have the ability to join virtually wherever they are, as opposed to coming in person. So in a way, it's, you know, what they say, a blessing in disguise. Um, So in that sense, we've been able to meet more people virtually. Um, I'm more of a face-to-face kind of person. Um, But in a way, uh, because of how it's been, virtually has been a lot easier to reach some people. So we may be doing some outreach in in that way as well.
0: Good, yeah. It's um, um, virtually is definitely you know something you can do. You have been doing it, you know. I I offer anytime you're trying to get a message out there, um, because on my page, your page, and many other pages that are listen to the Really Charlie podcast, there's a majority of the people in New Bedford so if you um need to come on here and and broadcast a message you know just contact me i'll have your brother contact me um i appreciate it and and we'll do what we have to the um so you got all your suits and ties already you know you're getting ready (laughs) well
1: yeah that's the that's the you know it's so funny i i um I did order some new suits and I I do have a professional attire for my job at the DTA. um, But I usually don't wear a whole suit. Um, And then obviously I've, you know, I've already had a couple of poundage on me, obviously, but uh, COVID you know, hit me a little bit harder, I'm sure, as most people mm-hmm. did. Uh, so I did have to order, you know, a couple of sizes up uh, <laughs> for yeah. some of our campaign photos. But, I, you know, I always laugh because I'll try something on and I'll go and I'll uh, model it for my grandmother because that's the only approval I'll need is uh, from her. She decides what I should wear and what people are going to like. And if she likes it, then I know that everyone else will like it. Yeah.
0: And and take it from her, you know. She dressed up on a on on. A, let me see. She dressed up seven days out of mm-hmm. a week. She was always a neat appearing person. Um, your mm-hmm. great family, your grandfather, your late grandfather, he was always sharp and well dressed yeah. and everything. Uh, so uh, take it from them. Stand in front of them, just like you're oh, standing I mean. in front of a mirror, and you'll be all set. Nana will kind of yeah. grab. And he'll grab your cheeks again and oh, until tell you, you look good.
1: <laughs> well, me so. and my brothers always joke about when we were younger, uh, my grandfather used to uh, pay us quarters to iron his shirts for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we would earn money here and there, you know, because he always had a clean press shirt and all his pens in his pocket. He always dressed very nice. All, you know, all my uncles, my brother, uh, my uncle, sorry, my grandfather's brothers, they always, always dressed that way. But, you know, sure. that generation sure. of people always dress very sharp. So That's it.
0: came, came <laughs> out, of, came out of the house with a hat on, you know, Yeah, the, yeah. uh, always, um, what are some of the things that you see that needs to be done? You know, uh, that you're perhaps putting on your, um, your threefold, um, biography or something. What are some of the things that you're going to broadcast to the people if you care to say?
1: So, first and foremost, uh, one of the biggest issues that uh, kept coming up for me, um, that I was very vocal about, uh, was the opioid crisis that we're facing here in New Bedford. Um, you know, it's it's a tough situation, Um and i and I, I'll be the first to admit I don't have all the answers for you. I, I don't I, I'm not going to say I can solve the opioid crisis. Um, but what I can say is I feel like we have not done enough. We d- haven't tried enough, you know, as long as we're trying to do something, trying is better than not doing anything at all. Um, so we've seen a lot of proposals come to the city council for different locations uh, for treatment facilities, like clean slate, um, and they always get voted down. It's always a it's always a no vote for those because we don't want it in our backyards. That's what we always hear, not in my backyard. But the issue is the people that would best benefit from it are already in our backyards. They're already on our front porches. They're already on our street corners. They're already in our pocket parks. They're all over the place in New Bedford and no one's helping them. We're hoping to just ignore them. We have situations where our homeless, uh, you know, are on the street corner or on the intersections asking for money. And what did we do? We built the... um, uh, the spikes on the uh divide. So mm-hmm. it's just, we, we constantly are just putting, trying to ignore the problem, essentially. That's how I'm looking at it. And uh, again, like I said, I'll be the first to tell you, I am not going, I'm not going to say I'm going to solve the problem, but I'm going to try. And that's the issue here. That's what I want our city council to do is try. And that's what I'm hoping is we will try to improve the lives of all of our residents here in New Bedford. Um, so that is the first issue that I'm hoping uh, to tackle and be more vocal about because a lot of people don't realize the homeless population we have here in New Bedford. And I'm not talking about just the homeless that we see visibly at the bus station or on, you know, standing out here asking for money, but there's a homeless population that are couch surfing. You know, people think of um you know, homeless population as people that have nowhere to go, they're sleeping on a park bench with a newspaper on them. No, you can be homeless and be sleeping at your aunt's house. And then you're sleeping Mm -hmm. at your cousin's house next week, you're still homeless, you don't have a place to hang up your clothes at the end of the day, you're sleeping out of a trash bag. And Unfortunately, a lot of our students in our public school system are the people that are suffering the most uh, from this crisis because there isn't enough affordable housing. There isn't enough jobs here in the city. This is an issue that's going on and people are not aware of it because it's being ignored, because it's not being talked about. Um, It is, uh, I should say, because there are plenty of community groups that I'm a part of that are working on you know helping out and and it, it comes back to the whole issue of social justice for me um you know as you know i grew up at you know in the church at our lady of assumption and sister mariana um brought us to Camden, new jersey to the romero center and that's where we first got our big lesson on social justice and how i best explain it to people is you know charity is when you cook the fish. You know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, but teach a man how to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And that is the social justice part of it. So there's plenty of community groups here in New Bedford that are feeding uh, people and helping them and giving them the assistance they need right away. And that's very, very important, we need that. But I also think it's so important for us to teach these people how to fish because we they shouldn't have to rely. It's un—it's unfortunate they have to stand in lines to receive produce boxes or food or vouchers or things like that. That's fine for the immediate assistance that they need, but we need to think long-term and we need to be able to be helping our residents and give them the resources that they can use to then sustain themselves for a lifetime.
0: Yeah, so true. Uh, here's a comment. Shane are you a supporter of CPA in New Bedford? Recently statements have been made about rescinding CPA by an incumbent city councilor at large. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this uh the CPA.
0: Uh that's could it the CPA? We're gonna have to uh we'll get back to that. Okay. Um so the uh I'm not sure either. And call me naive, but, um, you know, just acronyms all over the place, you know, so you're kind <laughs> of, yeah. Um, uh, that's Michael Kahn playing around here. The, um,
1: Oh, is it the like and act? Uh, yeah,
0: maybe. Um, it just, you could, it could go in so many directions with that. Um, And, uh, well, you know, it's, you're going to come up with, you know, people are going to make statements and those statements are then as they're being made, um, by some of the the competition that you have, you're actually going to have to answer to it because the media is going to bring it off, bring it to all of you, you know, and they're going to basically throw the questions out to all of you and see where you stand as a, as, as a, You know, um, as a candidate, as candidates, they want to kind of see who they can basically narrow it down to and talk, you know, and actually vote for. But one of the things you mentioned about registering and, yeah, we can have a big old list about registrations, you know, have thousands, and thousands of people, um, but they need to come out and cast their vote. Um, yes. I, I, I'll tell you the story and um, it was kind of you know you as a candidate runs and as the election is done and, and, and completed you know you have an opportunity to go back to the election office and get a copy of the disc to see who voted and I've seen countless people that uh, didn't vote and they lived directly across the street from some our uh, polling station. Um and so you know having your name on that list is you know it's it's a couple of steps, but it's not all the steps. You know, casting the vote was very important and every vote counts. Um so this percentage are low in in most candidates oh, that yes. win. Most counselors at large that win, they have to have about five thousand votes. You know, 5,000 plus, maybe 52 5,300, and chances are they're going to end up be winning one of the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a number, you know, in my opinion, that you have to work towards.
1: And um, Well, yeah, so speaking about voter turnout, um, you know, I, uh, looking at your race with um, uh, Mayor Mitchell, you know, in the preliminary election, I believe the turnout was less than 10%. It was like 9 point something percent. Um, and you know, we have over a hundred thousand residents and 9%, well, not all of them obviously are registered to vote, but of those registered to vote, 9% showed up for the preliminary election. Then in the general, I believe it was only 20 or 25% got yeah. to vote. And, and that's the other issue that we're hoping to tackle uh, with my campaign. And again, another reason why I'm running is to discuss the you know issue of voter apathy, um, not only in our city, but nationally, because a lot of the conversations that I have with people is the, the first thing they say is, what's the point? What is the point? You know, it's nothing's going to change. They don't care about us, you know, it, a lot of times they feel like our city government is inaccessible, and so that's why in my you know campaign announcement I talked about bringing back local government that is for the people, by the people, and of the people. Because our residents should feel like this, this the city government is accessible. Because local government should be the most accessible government out of all. Um, so. That is the biggest issue that I'm glad you brought it up is voter apathy and the fact that people um, aren't coming to the polls because they just see the same old people running and and they feel like it's not going to change because their vote and their voice doesn't matter. And I'm here to let them know that it does. Um, And really quickly, not to change the subject. um, If the person that asked the question before about the CPA, I believe they're referring to the community preservation act, I do support the CPA. Um, I think it's a um, uh, the CPA uh, committee here in New Bedford. I do support it. um, To answer that question from earlier. Um, Okay. Yeah. think there uh, it is. uh, Oh.
0: There it is in front of us. um, So just in case you had to look at it. Um, Yeah, I'm
1: a supporter, especially here in Bedford, because of our historic area and a lot of the different. Um, historical artifacts in different uh, communities that we have. We want to preserve them. We want uh, people to stay here in our communities. We want to be able to help um, grow New Bedford and, and give people um, opportunities here. And I think the CPA helps with that. Sure. Helping preserve our history.
0: Yeah. By the way, thank you for that question. It was real good. Um, And, uh, As a good candidate, you answered it very quickly. Um, And uh, one thing, Shane, I always, especially, you know, when I was working working, and even when I was running, I was, uh, I would always try to, my thing, my philosophy philosophy was, I don't know isn't an answer. And Mm -hmm. I always wanted to say, I never wanted to say, I don't know to someone. I would always say, I'll get back to you. And uh, I feel you're that type of person that you're going to find the answers. You're going to definitely, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe you should check here. Maybe you should check with that one. You know, Shane, I know if something's brought your way, you're going to check it out. You're going to try to find some answers for the the city. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of excited about you. Well, uh, that's
1: that's what I've always uh, always hoped uh, to bring to this table is,, um, you know, like you said, uh, if I don't know an answer, I'm gonna find out for you. And that's the biggest part about, I think, being a local politician is constituent services and we need to focus on that and even if I you know I'm obviously I'm running for an at-large seat not you know not a ward seat um, and of course we encourage people to contact their ward counselor first um, but I'm here to help represent all of New Bedford. so if you have an issue I want to help You know, so even people outside of New Bedford, you know, any issue that might have come up. Like I said, I I had uh, ran and was elected as a national delegate uh, for Joe Biden. Um, So a lot of issues that came up nationally, you know, things like that, that you know, or any issues that people have about voter registration when it comes time for that. uh, People know I'm the person to call. Um, And if I don't know the answer, I'm going to connect you with the person who does um, even now, when it came time for the vaccine rollout, um, a lot of people had questions about that. I didn't do a lot of work, per se, on you know uh, getting vaccines. I'm not in the healthcare uh, field, but I uh, did my best to promote it uh, and get people connected to where they can register and get vaccinated because that's so important. So um, yes, I agree with you. Every politician um, and any person, honestly, if you're a good person, uh, should be in that mindset of if you don't know or can't, you know, don't know something immediately, at least do your best to help. And that's that's all it's about. And that's what I'm hoping to bring again, like I said, uh, sound like a broken record is bring back local government. And and that's what I think is a contributing factor to the voter apathy that people are having, of uh, which is nobody cares. And I want so people true. to know that we we do care. Um, and it, and I, and I don't want I don't want to make it sound like all of our city councillors are terrible people. Um, they're not. We have some amazing city councillors. Um, I just think, you know for me, i I, I plan to take a similar pledge as uh, my former ward for city councillor Dana Ribeiro, uh where i I believe in term limits. and i I will not be a city councillor who plan I do not plan on running for re election every two years over and over and over again, and and, you know, holding on to this seat like it's mine. Because again, it's not my seat, it is New Bedford's seat. And I think it's so important to have that rotation of candidates and people because as the years go on, new ideas, new faces, new voices need to be in those seats to represent the changes of the city and what's going on. Um, So I hope that if I am elected that I can help Uh, possibly institute a um, ordinance where we can uh, implement, um, excuse me, um, I lost my train of thought there. Uh,
0: Term Uh, limits. Term limits.
1: Thank you. Sorry. Yes. I want to implement term limits. It's not a popular thing. Um, And I know a lot of candidates that have run in the past that ran obviously as non-incumbents and then finally got their foot in the door. And then once they were under that safety umbrella of, oh, I'm an incumbent now, then they no longer you know they don't believe in term limits anymore because now they're safe because they get reelected every time. Yeah. Um so so I'm hoping that I can work with our city councilors. Obviously we have like you know we know Deborah Quella is not running again so there's going to be at least one new person on the council. Um you know and most likely the other four are going to be reelected because how our city politics work. Um so I, I I don't want to be negative. I don't want to paint a picture that our uh, you know, city council is doing nothing, and that they're terrible people because they're not. They're very good-hearted people. I know a lot of them. I have personal relationships with some of them, um, and I respect them wholeheartedly. And I don't want our campaign to be painted at any way as negative. Um, but I just I believe that we need to have term limits, and that we need to give our residents an opportunity to have their voices heard in, with other representation. It shouldn't just be a stronghold of the same voices, same people in same r- round robin, essentially.
0: Yeah. Shane, Shane, just, you know, Shane, just be you. Just being you don't have to worry about none of those things because that's not you. That's not you kind of tarnishing or assassinate someone's character. You're mm-hmm. just, you're just a good human being. You're just going to do what you have to and just follow your upbringing, follow your common sense. And chances are you're always going to be right there to make the best decision, um, whether it's during your campaign or when you get elected. So, you know, Mm -hmm. don't worry about that. Your nature's there. It's going to definitely, you know, it's going to always come out with good results. Um, And if you have to explain to someone why the decisions were made, I'm pretty sure you already have your facts already settled in your mind and and you'll be able to explain to them, you know, agree to disagree sometimes, but you know, I know your explanation is going to be worthwhile. Um, there's, yeah. Uh... What,
1: what I will say, too, is I, I think the other issue, uh, another reason why I'm running is because a lot of the other candidates that I see, not this cycle, which we'll see, obviously, like we said, we don't know who's officially running yet. But in past cycles, like I said, my godfather brought me to all the local debates I've been to all the local debates since I've been young. And I have seen over and over again how the new people that come in their their go to is always to attack the incumbents and it's easy to attack the incumbents it's easy to say oh you know out with the old in with the new because that's popular it sounds cool it sounds great um at the end of the day, we know that you know the encumbrance are gonna still be there. And we need to be in a situation where we're working with everyone. Okay. So even if we disagree with someone, we need to be in a situation where we're able to respect one another. And when we're we're campaigning, it should be about are us, it should be about our campaign. Um, it shouldn't be, it should be about what we can offer to the residents. And so that's what I hope our campaign where we're gonna stand out is you, our campaign, you will not see us pointing fingers or throwing mud at people because we're only here to uplift the residents of New Bedford. And again, in my announcement, I uh, had a big emphasis on our city motto, de Defundo, which is I diffuse uh, light. So that's what we want. We want to give out light and we want to diffuse our light and send that light out to everyone and hope to be as positive as possible. And like you said, I hope to just be myself and, and have that positivity spread uh, through the city council and through the city, because we all need to work together to improve our city and all of our situations.
0: True, true. It's um, it is our city our pride. I mean, everyone in order to run for see you got to be a city resident so it's your city mm-hmm. their city it's all of our cities so why wouldn't you want the best for it and we have to work together um and get this all done so uh uh let me see i had a few more questions here let me just kind of look through my notes here um
1: well, why you're doing All that too? I, I also wanted to mention, um, you know, some of the work I did uh, with the 2020 census and why it was so important, especially for our city here in New Bedford. Um, you know, we have a large um, immigrant community, and a lot of times they're afraid to report on the census because of you know fear of deportation or things like that. Um, but their children are going to our public schools and they're not being counted. And this is why we have such a big issue when it comes to funding. Um, So obviously the census is over, Um, That was one of the biggest things I worked on uh, when the time came, you know, trying to promote that, working with the Coalition for Social Justice to make phone calls and encourage people to complete their census. Um, And I hope anyone that's watching this now, when the census comes up again in 2030, which is a long way out, but it will be here before you know it, um, please complete your census the moment you get it and help your neighbor, help your friend, um, because it's it's so important for local governments like ours uh, to get the funding that we need. You know, all the issues that we're we're going to highlight, you know, property taxes, infrastructure, when we're looking at the band-aids on the streets, the holes that my car, you know, is hitting those potholes that everyone else is hitting. Um, I get it. We all get it. In the fire department, it's awful to see that we're closing down these stations and it seems that there's a new fire every single day. And it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, it's because we don't have the money, we don't have the revenue. Um, so, We can hold our protests, we can shout about it, but we need to do something about getting revenue in our city. We need to do something about getting more state funding, and we need to do more petitioning to get uh, not, not only state, but federal funding, because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's where we're gonna be able to have a fully functioning fire department where we're gonna have a full police force. Uh, We're gonna have a a sustainable school department where we can pay our paraprofessionals and lunch aides not only a minimum wage, but hopefully in the future, a livable wage. Um, So these things all come down um, to well to the census but other things as well so we we need to be looking at all of that too so i just wanted to highlight obviously again the census is over um but this is why it was one of the uh things i worked on that was so important because of how it relates to all the issues that we're talking about tonight
0: yeah I, i always thought that the census could be uh not not the all you know I didn't want it to always be the determining factor of why we get re receive money from the federal government. Um, I always thought that the numbers within, um, within the school systems were already there, you know, through the lunch programs, you know, all those stats, those stats are probably, um, huge, you know, probably more the numbers, are. uh, drastically bigger than what the census puts out or was actually mm-hmm. documented. So I think a combination of that data that is already submitted in the school department could actually help out, you know, because documents that they're, they're submitting to the school department has a guardian, a parent, a child, how many children are in the house, you know, so those things mm-hmm. should be utilized a little bit more to kind of help out with the numbers um, especially when they're lower and we all know they're lower. Um, that's been going on for decades that the numbers are always low, especially in this city where we know it's a hundred thousand, you know, but well,
1: you know, yeah, the, number, the last census yeah. we reported under a hundred thousand, I believe it was like 90 or lower than that. Yeah. Um, and it's, and we lost a congressional I, district in Massachusetts. We used to have 10 uh, congressional districts and that and again it's one of those things that people don't think about but it translates to votes in uh congress that we lost mm-hmm. so instead of having 10 we had, and that also translates to votes Towards president for the electoral college. The electoral college votes are based off of your congressional districts, so you know it's tied to so many things. And you know the numbers that you're talking about, too, that we're seeing, because uh, the city obviously does its own census. I believe uh, I forget how often they do theirs, but unfortunately, it doesn't really translate to anything when it comes down to federal funding. Um, but unfortunately, at the time when this census was happening, we had a federal government um, that was anti-errant. Uh, and wanted to do its best to scare uh, as many communities like ours as possible. Um, And and I'm really worried about the results that, are, we're going to see coming out uh, because even some of our populations here, like right down the street from where I'm at, Bay Village, um, where there we are American citizens here in the Cape Verdean community. We're not immigrants, but they don't fill up the census because they don't know what it's about. They don't know why you're asking all this, all these questions. Why are you in my business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that education factor, and that's again back to the reason why i'm running is to give people that information so they understand what's going on so they have a familiar face letting them know and that's why i do the outreach that i do and will continue to do whether i win or lose this race uh because it's so important to do this work uh to let people know that someone's here to help them
0: yeah we i i I wish they would get in uh in the curriculums uh the government. We we used to have a government class and um mm-hmm. that was so essential. That was so key to, um especially for me growing up, you know, and I wish they'd bring that back um, and let that be, you know, along with, you know, economics and, and bring all those things back. And everybody's kind of trying to invest and in, in get money for retirement, so on and so forth. So, hopefully we can get all those things back in and uh you know these uh student uh, standardized testing is it's kind of throwing our education system out of whack a little bit i believe um, oh yes so shane we got about 10 minutes and i just want to oh
1: jesus flying by uh, huh <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i want to make sure that we're talking about all that you really really want to talk about and um So anything that you want to get out there. Um.
1: Um, Well, I guess another uh, point that I want to bring up is uh, we all know they had announced that South Coast Rail is coming our way. Um, I believe it's projected to be finished in 2023. I don't know if that's going to change because of COVID, if there's any delays. Um, But that's one thing that, um, you know, it's a positive thing. It's a very good thing, I'll say that, because we want to be able to connect to big cities like Boston. You know, I, well, for COVID, I worked in Boston. So I commuted, I had to drive all the way to Middleborough, uh, to take the commuter rail in, or I would take the DATCO bus to to drive up that way. Um, so it, I, I was excited when they initially announced it, because I said, oh, I could just walk downtown, you know, to catch the train. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I'm really worried about, uh, and we notice when we have um, in our cities, is gentrification. And it's yes. that big, scary word that people don't like to talk about, and a lot of people don't understand <laughs> even what it is sometimes. Um, but in, especially here in Ward 4 um, in the downtown area where I live, uh, born and raised here, that's where I'm most worried about. You know, I grew up right here on Purchase Street, right across from uh, the Cape Verdean uh, Veterans Hall. Um, and I see they're going through a tough time right now. Um, and I, I see other communities, the Portuguese community, our Cape Verdean community, there's so many c- different communities in New Bedford um, that are already struggling to begin with. Uh, and I just, I see the South Coast Rail and I see amazing, amazing opportunity with it. Um, but I also see, uh, you know, possible, you know, developers coming here, buying a property. We have a lot of uh, vacant homes, you know, home ownership in New Bedford uh, has gone down. Um, so, you know, people talk a lot about property taxes going up, um, you know, but they don't think about the rents that are also going up um, for our residents. You know, I rent as well. Um, So if property taxes are going up for the homeowners, they're going to raise your rent. So it affects uh, renters as well as homeowners. You know, so that's one of the other big issues that I hope um, to have a conversation about on this campaign trail with people is uh, how we can protect our residents, how we can protect all of our communities here in New Bedford, and not just protect Ward 4 in the downtown area. Um, You know, there seems to be, you know, I I love Ward 4 because it's been my Home, uh, you know, since I was born. Um, but I love New Bedford more, and I think that our focus has been too much on downtown, and it needs to be on a broader view of New Bedford as a whole, um, because we all live here, and it shouldn't just be focused on what we think tourists are going to see. We need to all the the beauty of our city should be throughout. It shouldn't just be in one location. Um, So that's one thing I hope uh, throughout this campaign, we can have more discussions about uh, protecting our uh, elderly and our low-income residents and making sure that they have opportunities and they're not in situations where, um, you know, their rent's getting jacked up and they they don't have job opportunities or access uh, and the South Coast Rail is going to hurt them more than it's going to help them. So I'm hoping that when it comes here, it's giving people opportunities to get better jobs Uh, in locations where they might not have been able to reach but then also doesn't adversely affect them in other ways like increased property taxes and increased rent um, and other things uh, of that nature so that's something else that I want to highlight and make sure we're talking about
0: so true so true I mean I I grew up along with your uncle and, and we experienced the uh the railroads coming in and out of the city, you know, we trains, we, we seen that as kids growing up um, and it's a beautiful sight. Um, and I think it's going to be more pro than con as long as those things happen that you just mentioned. So I, uh, I I can't wait, can't wait to listen to all these different debates. I can't wait to see you on point, you know, going through A to Z. Um, definitely great new candidates, and and I gotta, you know, I gotta definitely salute you, and um, say that, you know, you put your your name and your hat in the arena, and you're going after it. Too many people just don't do that, and there's so many people well, in the city. you know better than anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 and I'm glad I did it. it was a very proud moment. And, um, I know you're going to be very proud of of what you're doing and, uh, just, um, keep on encouraging people. There's so many other seats around, you know, There's school committee seats, there's, uh, different boards throughout the city on, um, and many, many organizations. It doesn't have to be just, you know, a, a city campaign, you know, get involved in some of the organizations, whether it's, uh whether it's a club, a church, um, foundation, you know, just get involved in those things because they're doing very crucial things in, my, uh, in the city, just a, just as much as the city council is. So I hope, I hope and pray that everyone gets involved in one way, shape, or form. This is how I'm getting involved with the podcast and, yes. uh, and just trying to do my thing. It's something different that I did. Um, from what I've done over the years, but I think it it, it serves its purpose, and um, I'm going to try to get bigger and better when it comes to this podcast. So,
1: well, I think um, you're doing great, and like I said, I um, I really appreciate the um, diversity of the viewers that you have on um, and that you're giving an opportunity and a voice to. Um, even you know, I was I was really excited to, that you know the segment you did with uh, Lee Charlton. Um, he is a huge role model for when I was younger. Um, you know, when I worked, when I was on the youth council, uh, for the NAACP and then now I'm on Mm -hmm. the executive committee as an adult. Um, so it's come full circle for me. Um, but you know, uh, I had mentioned on that podcast actually in the comments, how, you know, sometimes going, he lives right, you know, on the, uh, I can walk to his house from here. I get see it from my porch, actually his backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, so whenever we'd go to events, a lot of times I would ride with him, he'd give me a ride home, and I'd just walk, you know, from his house, and it would be him and his wife, um, and it just listen to the two of them talk, and, the, you know, the advice they would give, uh, you know, it's just th- that kind of, um, you know, experiences that have shaped me into the leader that I am today, you know, so there exactly. is people like them, the role models that I have in this community that I, you know, owe a, grat- data, a gratitude to. Um, and I, I used to laugh all the time uh, at the end of Functions now. I always think uh, of Ms. Charlton because you know, we have, uh, I have my tie on today, I took it off for this, <laughs> but uh, you know, when I would have a tie on I'd leave it on and she'd tell me, oh, like, you know loosen your tie up, you know, like just relax now, it's all over with, you know so uh-huh. anytime something's over and I get in my car and, you know, I'd turn on the AC or I'd roll down the window, I always think of her. Cause I was like, Oh, loosen up this tie. Like it's yeah. over with, like, <laughs> it, you know, um, but just like a little advice like that here and there, but it's just, you know, great leader. We are so fortunate here in New Bedford to have the role models that we have. You know, I think of uh, Tom Lopes, uh, one of mm-hmm. the first Cape Verdean state reps here in Massachusetts uh, and the things that he did uh, for our community. It's just, it, it. we are just so fortunate. And this is why uh, again, we have so many leaders here in New Bedford, young and old, um, and I hope that they all know um, that they too can be, they can run for city council. But like you said, you don't only have to run for city council, there's school committee, there's uh, committees, you can be join the NAACP, you can join the Coalition for Social Justice, you can join, there's so many different groups. You don't have to be an elected official to effect change. Uh, I've been you know, on this earth for 27 years, And the most change that I have done or have been able to accomplish um, has not, obviously this is my first time running as an elected official and I've done a lot already. Um, so God. you know, when it comes to fighting for, uh, when we fought, fight for 15 here in Massachusetts, that was a lot of work that I did with United Interfaith Action when we collected signatures and went up to the state house. Um, so those are things we did as just everyday citizens. So we have so much power as citizens here, not only in New Bedford but in Massachusetts, in America. Uh, and people need to understand that, and, and that's what again I'm hoping uh, to be that person to let people know that we are in control. We have the power to let our elected leaders know this is not okay, this is what we want. Uh, And obviously I'm running now just to be a voice uh, and let people know that um, whether we win or lose, I'm hoping to win obviously, uh, but whether we win or lose, our work's not done here okay Okay. i still plan to do this work in this community and i hope that everyone else will join me and continue to do so because you know as well as i do we have so many amazing people in this community doing amazing work every single day to not only improve the lives of our residents here in new bedford uh but in massachusetts and nation and nationwide exactly
0: It's very nice to hear that you called yourself a leader and um i want you to make sure that that that's a title um given that's a title earned you make sure that you keep that in your vocabulary um, because guys like me that are old enough to be your uncle you know (laughs) you just (laughs) you uh you are a leader and you make sure you keep that in your vocabulary and make sure that um, you know it, you know, it in the back of your head, in your mind that you are a leader and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. I don't I don't care what it is. I appreciate call, it. you call me. You want to get on this podcast, even if I do one podcast before you, I'll let you come on and we'll do another thing, whatever it may be. You may just want to get something out there. Um you know, it's the really Charlie podcast is a new Bedford guide. It isn't the standard times it isn't WBSM. Mm -hmm. Um, but guess what?
1: Well, it's reaching,
0: it's it's reaching some people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Yeah. Just (laughs) getting started, but it's growing. I'll tell you, the more people talk about it, uh, you know, I, I
0: always laugh at really Charlie. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She definitely, uh, She, uh, if I was keeping track of the royalties, man, she, she would be making some money, definitely, because (laughs) it's sticking. I'm, I'm driving at work. Someone's yelling, "Really, Charlie?" You know, um, on the comments on my Facebook page, "Really, Charlie?" So it's, it's definitely sticking. Um well yeah, I'm this proud is how of, these man.
1: things start out and they grow. So and like I said, you've already reached so many people. And again, the the amount of people that you've had on and given a voice to, uh, again has not gone unnoticed. Uh, you know, Thank people you. have been talking about it. Um and it's 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 rare it's greatly appreciated by a lot of people so again i want to thank you uh for this opportunity to have me on Uh, i definitely look forward to getting on here again and i continue to look forward to to viewing your other podcasts with other um you know guests that you have on uh because i haven't seen one yet that i haven't enjoyed
0: thank you very much and uh in fact let's let's end with the question uh who would you like to see on the Really Charlie podcast? One, two people, who would you like to see?
1: Oh, you know, it's so funny because that's the question you ask everyone. And, <laughs> and I should have had uh, one prepared. Huh? Um, oh, geez. Um, oh my goodness. Okay, let's see. Um. I guess if I had to pick someone, I would pick uh, Renee Ledbetter. Um, she has. she's my cousin. Um, but mm-hmm. other than being my cousin, um, she has been another one of those community leaders uh, here in New Bedford doing the thing, as I say, um, because, uh, and she's a role model that I look up to. Um, she has been a mentor to me, uh, for a long time. Um, and she has, she does a lot Behind the scenes, that I think a lot of people don't realize uh, until you've been blessed by her. Um, mm-hmm. So whether you know, obviously she's she has a lot of titles. You know, she's the vice president of the NAACP, uh, president of uh, a lot of other you know different organizations. A whole list that we could go down. Um, yeah. But I think she'd be a great guest to have on to hear about her experiences uh, and the work that she's doing. She's the one um, that has been doing a lot of work uh, when it comes to the vaccine rollout. Um, and w- even this mobile event that we're having on April 20th, um, you know, a lot of the work that she had put into that with all the other community groups um, so I think she would be a great guest to have on uh, because she has been doing a lot of great work in the background um, mm-hmm. and I hope that she gets the recognition that she deserves
0: I w- I would definitely reach out to her um, I got her number right here <laughs> uh, Oh, because
1: everyone should have her uh, number.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna definitely, I'm gonna text her and uh, try to get her on the uh, on the May schedule and get her in here on May in May because um I'm pretty booked for the month of April, but maybe the first week of May I can get her on here. Mm -hmm. So please, please keep in touch. Stay in touch with just your, your community because you're gonna really need it, and um, and anything you need, mm-hmm. like I said, come come mm-hmm. see me. So, all right,
1: I appreciate it. Shane Berg,
0: Shane Bergo, always a pleasure. And yes. um, please give Nan a big hug for me.
1: Oh, I will. And, uh,
0: and give your give uh, your Uncle Hector a high five for me. All right.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much, Charlie. I really appreciate it.
0: Take care and God bless.
1: Same to you. All right.
0: Shane Burgo, candidate, counselor, counselor at large for the city of New Bedford. Great leader. Definitely uh have no doubts in his leadership um capabilities. He's also has a great resume. He's ready to, to um Show and prove that he's a worthy candidate, and uh, if elected, we will not be—we will not be um, ashamed. We will very be very proud of Shane Burgo if he sits in one of those seats as city councilor at large. All right, everyone. In conclusion, as I always say, and I forgot it yesterday, thanks to a friend of mine, who reminded me. Mask those beautiful faces and sanitize your hand, wash your hands and stay blessed. Be blessed. Stay blessed. God bless. That's all I can say. I'm losing a lot of friends this year already. And um you know, pray, pray, pray for your friends and family, and um because we're losing some good people. Every moment should be special. Capitalize on the moments, capitalize on the people that you know, even if it's for a few minutes, just say hello, say I love you, just have a conversation, strike a conversation, even if it's through text messages, anything, just let someone know that you care for them, because tomorrow isn't promised, it isn't promised, and uh, this week I lost a dear friend, Pete Wilde, and a uh, guy was just loyal, dedicated to the city, to the people, um, definitely trying to always feed the homeless. He was a great, great man, a great friend. And uh, I want to say my prayers to his wife, Donna, um, truly her soulmate they came together to, and they've been together and they definitely were best friends. Um, so my, my heart and sympathy is, uh, tearing apart for, uh, you know, Pete Wild and, and, O'Donnell and their families. It's a great man. And I, I like to get a tribute going in honor of Pete Wild, um, within the next couple of days. And, uh, where we can just say some great things about them. So like I said, God bless. Stay blessed. Love you all. And stay tuned to the Really Charlie podcast on StreamYard, Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you very much. Have a good night.